UrbanMultitracks.com. What's up, you guys? Welcome to Open Convo Podcast, your favorite relationship podcast. I am your host, Elvira Valdez, and I'm joined by my handsome fiance, the audio engineer for the podcast and other list of projects that you're working on, Sydney Allen Evans Jr. Bow, 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 bow. In the building. What's up? Welcome to another fantastic episode. Are you happy to be here today? Beyond words. I'm super excited. <laughs> Why did you have to do a pause? You're not happy? I am happy. Okay. This is going to be a great episode. Oh. I have no have no reason other than to be happy. Great. I'm glad that you are happy and you're feeling good. As always, if you're new to our show, we like to start off our show with a beautiful quote. And our quote today comes from an African proverb that reads, don't treat your loved one like a swinging door. You are fond of it, but you push it back and forth. And that is an African proverb that's used in Madagascar very often. And I find that to be actually pretty funny because as I research and do research on African proverbs, the way that they come up with them are very simple, but they're very easy to understand and they make sense, you know? So I thought that was really cool. You know, you can have a beautiful red door in front of your house, but after a while it becomes nonchalant and all you do is just push it back and forth. Before I get my take, when you say Madagascar, are you talking about the the country or the movie? Really? I'm sorry. Did I not just say African proverb? <laughs> I know. I'm kidding, man. This is an entertaining podcast. It's informative. Oh, excuse me. Do my breast stink? Yes, it does. Well, we just ate, so I have a yeah. built-in excuse. Your breast smells like onions. Well, it was onions. You know, how do you tell someone their breast stinks? I had to deal with that today, and I did not know how to handle the situation because their breast smelled really bad. I had no candy. I had no gum. I had nothing. First of all, I'm not giving somebody who breast stinks chocolate. Because I don't want to smell chocolate on top of shitty breath. Excuse my French. That's just nasty. That's like putting deodorant over top of musty armpits. Musk. Yes. It's like putting deodorant. Is it, is it a must or musk? Musk. I thought a musk was like the, the thing that come out of an elephant nose. What's that called? I don't know. Google it. When I say <laughs> I'm when I say must, I know it's like must, like musty, like they're musty. But when I say musk, I mean like they stink so bad. That it's not must, it's musk. Like you just stink. Oh, and when, when the word is to the extreme, you just gotta like add a little extra at the end. Yeah, you do. I, I feel you. Yeah, so you know how somebody musty, like they just finished playing ball for three hours and they just go and put on some bod or or well, some ahead. family or some family dollar cologne and they pull up and <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with no family dollar it's cologne. It's not because the bod that I use from time to time is my backup is from family dollar, or you can get it from I'm family not, dollar. I'm not discrediting bod what I am saying, sir. Had another thing happen today. You and this person may really get along because I was talking and you just cut me off. You don't even let me get to finish saying what it's I'm saying. It's a show. It's a show. But I'm talking. It's a podcast. But I'm talking. Okay, back to the swinging red door. I, I, I'll take accountability. I was the one who got off topic. but It was entertaining, but really? That, yeah, that, was, that was probably the most entertaining little intro we did, so that's progress. Okay, yes, um, put it out there. But uh, I definitely am speaking into existence for future reference. But Whatever, the swinging red door, that we had a conversation believe last night where I was talking about being more loving and in my relationship and how I deal with the world in my past, in my relationship, I've been dealing with my spouse is how I should be approaching the world and how I was being passive in the world is how I should be in my relationship, not passive per se, but more loving and just sweep things under the rug and move on. And I feel like I would always poke her in our relationship, which is like swinging the, the red door analogy. And in a relationship, 
this is not the best thing to do. It is, it's only provoking situations that you can address certain things and move on. So that simple Af- African proverb was very profound. That's so interesting because I took it a different way. I took it as, you know, you get something that's nice and shiny and new and beautiful and you love it. And then after a while, it becomes obsolete. You just don't pay attention to it anymore. So maybe, I mean, we took it two different ways and I think that's pretty decent. But, you know, I just took it like, dang, like, you know, I open and I close and then I start to no longer pay attention to you. Nonetheless, uh, we had some really pretty eventful things and um, realizations that has happened over the past couple of weeks. And, Absolutely. you know, I'm happy. I will say as far as our relationship goes, women, you never got to a point in your relationship that you just felt like, you know what? I'm not going to say nothing anymore. Like I'm over it. I'm tired of talking about it. I'm trying to, I'm tired of telling him the same old thing. And I really got to that point in my, and like in our relationship, I was like, you know what? This is a grown man and I am not his mother and I am not going to raise him. I'm not. That's his parents' job. And if he's, if he hasn't come to oh, the- So you came Michelle now. Okay, Michelle. Can't raise a man. You can't raise a man. She ain't lie. She won't lie. Where's the lie? You can't pull it up. <laughs> I ain't didn't no say it was a lie. lie. I just said, oh, you heard now. Yeah, you, she, you share her sentiments. Yeah, I, I understand. No, I don't understand. I'm, okay, just don't get a fake ass. Oh, yeah, because I'm going to do that. No, I got a membership and it's a whole lot cheaper. Anyway, I, uh, ladies, I did get to that point in my relationship where I was like really annoyed and low-key kind of like agitated because we were going on like three days discussing the same topic and the topic just really got on what he was discussing earlier where in our relationship like Sid would be very assertive with me but then when it comes to the outside world he would be low-key passive and you know treat everybody else with so much of a gentle energy but then come to our relationship and treat me like I did something like it, it would just be super uh, not super aggressive but it would just be very aggressive and more I ass, more assholeish than like assholeish than like physically aggressive yes let's say that he'll be more of an asshole with me excuse our french he'll be more of an asshole than me or a jerk and then with other people he'll just be like pretty cool and just like even kill and i would get so i just got really honestly i got frustrated i was just like you know it's not fair and i used to say that to him all the time but then he would always say to me like oh yo you want me to be assertive you want me to be upfront, but then when i'm doing it you get defensive and i'm like yeah but it's not you're not doing it in a way that's actually being proactive so pretty much for three days straight, we had the same conversation and we just kept talking about that. It was so, mostly her talking though. Yeah, because I do talk a lot, as y'all see. I do it on podcasts all the time, but I, y'all like listening to me though. That's why we started it. And that's why she's the host, not me. Yeah, he's, he's my co-host, you know. But anyway, and the engineer. Yeah, and the engineer. You just, yeah, that's what you do. Nonetheless, you know, I have to give a gab. You know, I can give it up. But nonetheless, uh, so yeah, we was talking about that. You keep cutting me off and that's delaying the process for me to get to the point, okay? I'm sorry. I'm just trying to be more entertaining and interject more than yes, what I have on past good. episodes. I f- and I'm feeling the vibe. I'm feeling it. So I'm probably going to do some more during this episode. Okay. So I got to a point. I didn't feel like talking about it anymore. And I'm just like, you know what? You do you, bruh. Like you're 29 years old. You're per- approaching 30. Ladies, get at me. DM us on Instagram at Open Convo Podcast or tweet us on Twitter at Open Convo Pod. And let me know when you are letting your man know something about himself or helping him out with something, he don't, he does not listen to you, but then his friend or somebody else that he know can tell him the same thing. And it's like an epiphany, like, oh my God, yeah, you're right. I didn't know I should do that because that happens to me in my relationship. And you know, I just got so cold. I was just over it. I'm over it. So I am allowing Sid to do his thing and the mistakes that he made, those are your mistakes. I'm not directing you no more. I'm not a director. Uh, I'll give my take on that. I just want to back up for a quick second. But the statement you made about 
friends telling you something that your spouse can tell you every day and the light bulb doesn't come on until the friend says it. That's kind of like when you're younger and your parents tell you certain things very similar to how you ignore them. And then when someone outside of the family or a teacher or a coach or someone of that particular authority tells you something, the light kind of comes on. So why are you listening, listening to this comment if you feel inclined to like, why, why do people do that? Why do you when you encounter someone on a daily basis, they tell you something in one ear, not the other. And when someone outside tells you it's understood, that, I just wanted to make that statement. It don't happen to me. But maybe for us who don't have the strong, <laughs> highly sensitive intuition and the call from the ancestors from a young age, <laughs> we don't experience it. I guess that just makes us normal. You're just so. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm kidding. You guess. But she, she, she does have a strong intuition and, and a she grasps things from a deeper meaning easier, I would say, than someone like myself or the average person. That's one of the reasons why I love her. I'm able to draw a lot of conclusions from conversations that she initiates. And I did that in this particular instance. And in her saying that, you know, I am a reflection of you. And if you make me certain mistakes, that's kind of put on our relationship. Like, I'm not saying anything like this. That's just what it is. I know she didn't say that, but that was another aspect of the conversation. And it really like hit a nerve with me because when I feel like someone may be giving up on you, which is I'm not saying that's what she was doing, but in my heart, that's what it feels like to a certain extent. In certain areas, but giving up, giving up on me is so strong. But yeah, really, I'm about to say, dang, you're gonna make up think I'm out here giving up on you, though. Yeah, not giving up, but you know, people just get tired of saying the same things over and over again. It's very draining for them, and you know what I'm saying. If you're not taking it seriously, then it's it's not really affecting you, so that's not fair. So I just felt like that's Amen. the standpoint she was coming from. I wanted to make a conscious effort to not have her feel like that and to really change. Since we've had those conversations three days in a row, <laughs> <laughs> it was so draining, y'all. Like I don't even. This is going to be the last time I ever talk about that conversation, to be honest. Yeah. It, it, I have no mental energy left to, to speak about it after this. But it didn't leave us in a place of despair. Absolutely not. This week has been amazing. And it's only recording this on Tuesday. Y'all get it on Thursday. I ain't going to get too deep, but this week is starting off on an amazing note. And I'm implementing a lot of changes and opening myself up in a lot of ways to where we won't ever have to have that conversation again. And I won't ever feel like I let her down like I did when she expressed it. Those conversations happen on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So now that we're on Tuesday and we had a great weekend, I mean, yeah, we did have a little blow up, but I think that was something that was expected because, well, we didn't have a blow up, but we're being- It was a blow up. It was a blow up for him. (laughs) I was, it was so stupid and we're so transparent in our relationship, but at the same time, it is, I'm just thinking about when Auntie said you came in the house and you was like, I left my- so y'all, I'm, I'm just gonna. I just want to tell this one part of the story. So we were we about to go. This is out. Saturday. Yeah, this is Saturday night. We were going out to a little hookah joint. You know, smoke the hookah, get a couple of drinks, just vibe out. Beforehand, we stopped at Jimmy John's and pulling in the parking lot. It was a car in the way where I was trying to make this left turn to park, and instead of like beeping the horn and telling them to get the hell out of the way so I could turn left, I just went around them, kind of circled around the parking lot. To her, she took that as a sign of not being assertive. Oh, well, this person doing this, so I got to take a longer route to do what I'm trying to do. And she basically insinuated that this is what you do in your life sometimes to make things hard on yourself. Clearly that struck a nerve with me. And she was like, I don't like how you're driving. Um, <laughs> I don't like how you're driving. I'm going to drive. So then she went and got her little sub and I just chilled in the car because I didn't get nothing. And the whole time in the car, I'm thinking like, she's going to have to fight me to get me out of this passenger seat because I ain't moving. Like I, I'm, I'm driving. Like I don't care if my, I'm damn near blind driving at night and she don't like how I'm driving. I'm driving tonight and that's just what it's going to be. So she comes out. I was like, please don't let her come over. So I walk into this side and sure enough, she starts walking to the past. I'm sorry, to the driver's side. And I didn't even say nothing. I just, I did agitatingly just like look at her, pat my hand on the passenger seat, like bring your ass over here. Cause I'm driving. 
And I guess that kind of inflamed the situation and it turned into a whole argument. And then I drove, <laughs> I was like, I ain't going, I don't feel like going no more. The whole vibe is killed. It's about 10 minutes, 10 minutes away from where we live. So I drive back. But actually, no, I didn't drive back. I drove like half, a quarter of the way back and pulled over so she could drive the rest of the way because she was like nagging me the whole time. I'm going to let her give her perspective. This is just my perspective. So we get home, I get out and, and then I'm walking up the stairs. And once I get in the house and I realize I left my phone in the car. So I, I, I blurt out like, dang, I left my freaking phone. And her aunt was sitting there right on the sofa. And I guess the <laughs> aggressiveness of that, like, startled her. She was like, I don't know. She said, excuse me or what happened or something like that. But she had the concern in her voice. It was apparent. So I was like, never. I was like, I had to bring myself back. Like, oh, I just left my phone in the car. And then when she came back, I, I we actually ended up, I actually ended up going back and uh, going out. And we did that. And that's kind of how that little story took place. But the whole part about her aunt was like the whole comedic part of the situation. Yeah, because she was really probably sleep halfway sleep, and then he aggressively just blurts that out, and she probably was like, "Huh?" Because Sid is Sid appears to be very like I said, you guys at the beginning of the conversation. You know, he he definitely puts out this very even kill energy when it comes to people outside of myself. So for him to probably do that probably did take her by surprise because she was like, hold on, who is this in my house? You know, so because she was even laughing when she said it, she was like, I didn't know what he was talking about. I was just like, OK, all right, I'm going to just sit down here. <laughs> but nonetheless, so let's back. So my perspective is he did tell the story correctly, but I wasn't agitated with him that he went around the parking lot. Mind you guys, you go, let's say for instance, you go to Walmart and you see someone is there. So you go all the way around, you go, you circle around a whole row. You go to the end of the row cause it's packed, right? It's, it's Black Friday. So you gotta go all the way down one row. Oh, you petty. And you gotta go all the way down one row and then come back up to the place where if you would've just beeped your horn and told that person to move. Okay, people are saying, well, what if that person didn't move? We're not worrying about that. We just saying, if you would have just let this person know, like, yo, I'm trying to turn here. I don't have to go all the way around the world to get across the street. So even though we had to go all the way around the world to get across the street, as we're approaching where I want him to park, he says to me, there's three cars parked on the right side of the parking lot, which is on the passenger side for me. And they're parked in front of us, like in front of each other, like parallel parked. And he says to me, there's no room for me to go up here now. I know that he can park right in front of Jimmy John's because I, you know, I like Jimmy John's. I go there a lot. I know that there's Jimmy John parking in the front. It took me to say those, uh, like say those things to him to make him continue to drive forward. Cause he came to a stop and he was like, I can't go up there and park. There's no parking. See, and it's dark and I don't see, and you're not trusting me. You're limiting your opportunities because before you even go up there to see if there is an opportunity for yourself, you're already saying that there isn't an opportunity for yourself. So that is what happened. And that is why I said to him when he got into the turn, because he saw he was like, oh, there were actually two vacant Jimmy John parkings right there in front of the restaurant. And when he parked, I said to him, you know, what you just did is an actual physical action that you do in your life. And I, I know you guys, we're about to go out, we're about to go hang out, but I'm a deep person. And anytime that lessons come to me in life for myself, I take heed of him, but when it comes to Sid, I have to let him know because no one else in his life is going to be honest with him like that. First of all, I know no one on my side of the family is going to do that because they see him as being so chill, so even kill that they probably be like, well, damn it, you know, that's just how he is. Not knowing that there's a super alpha man king that lives within him that he can literally like dominate a lot of areas in his life if he just took the time 
to take a chance and let his opportunities flow to him. So this is why we got to a disagreement. And even though we had got into that disagreement and there were, you know, other things that transpired, when we did get a chance to hang out, we had a good time. Like we had a really good time Saturday. We did. That was our first time really going out together since we've been here, to be honest. So it that was, was our first time going out together in a very, very long time. Like outside of being in Atlanta. Yeah, that silent party was the last time really. Yeah. And, and, we in, and Raleigh. Wow, that's almost a year. That's a year ago. It's coming up on a year. I had just lost, but well, didn't just lost, but I was kind of like still on my heavy side from losing Jackson. Yeah, we got to do that more. But yeah, that was yeah, the, that was our uh, relationship struggle for the week. I yeah, think this might our, turn into a segment. Like, uh, relationship struggle. Like we're going to keep it a, a brick with y'all. So we're probably going to have some type of disagreement or opposing points of view throughout the week. So th- that might it's be natural. how we transition into the rest of the podcast. I'm liking that. I like I like that whole vibe. Yeah, I like, I like that vibe, too. And it leads me to say I was having a conversation with a person and they were saying that they're afraid to get into a relationship with a, another person because it hasn't been three months since they've known this person. And who are you talking about? Who are you talking to? That's not it. They don't want to be known on a podcast. They don't listen. Don't nobody support us in the family anyway. So in their family, don't matter. Well, this person actually does listen to our podcast and know they're not in the family. And my cousin RJ does support our podcast. So thank you, RJ. I'm sorry. I was speaking. I'm talking about my side of the family. And and my cousin Jeremy, he he supports. He may not listen to every episode, but he does support. And he supports. I take it back. That was that was that, that was, was so messed up. Was. That was so messed up. Now Spencer doesn't support Spencer. Was, Spencer Peterson. Anyway, though. So anyway, I was talking to someone and they were telling me that they're dating this guy and this guy has asked her to be his girlfriend, but she has declined. And the reason why she declined is because she feels like she should at least get to know him for three months. And I feel like with our relationship struggles that we go through, we're still learning each other every single day. So what value do you think it takes to get to know somebody for three months or three years? Yeah, you all every single day you're gonna learn something new for the most part. I mean, I've known people, not known people, but I've heard of people getting meeting married and getting divorced in three months. So damn, you can at least say yes. Like I will go with you. Like, jeez. <laughs> you cut this man a bright. This might be that man that God that you've been praying for or, or manifesting in your in your heart and in your mind for a while. You don't wanna miss out on that because oh I got it's been three months and I don't like, I think that's plenty of time to at least start. But it dating, hasn't like. been three months. They've been dating for like a month, I think, mm-hmm. or two months now or a month and a half. So they've been dating for a while, but, but, they, they, but she's saying that she wants to continue dating him for three months. So 90 days. And then she will feel more comfortable accepting his offer to be his girlfriend. I mean, I can see that. Cause I mean, people are crazy as hell. So, but they can be crazy as hell after three months. They, they definitely can. But I don't know. I don't think it's absurd. I, I think I don't. I don't think it's absurd that requirement. She should be open to it. Yeah. She should kind of weigh the positives and the negatives and just. And I don't think you should really put. The it got to be ninety days. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's more of like a feeling. No Steve Harvey's. Just it's more of a feeling. So I, I would. You was gonna relay some advice to her. I would say, well, don't put a hard cap on ninety days. Just yeah. kind of go with the flow. You know what I'm saying? You have to do it right now. Yeah. But just just see how it turns out. See but that's not what I said. What you said? Well, that's what I said. But I told her to. I, I, I'm a hopeless romantic. And I personally, I personally feel that, you know, I told her that she should go for it. Like, if this man asked you to be his girlfriend within a... Why are you looking at me so crazy? <laughs> Y'all, I wish I was recording, like, actually putting this on YouTube. But this man was sitting over here looking at me super crazy. Like, I'm about to bite your face off. Yeah, and I'm like, why is he looking at me like that? Oh, no, I just want to see how he was going to respond. You're weird. <laughs> but I told her that I'm a hopeless romantic, so... I share it with her. Go for it. Who this man is to you today 
even if you're his girlfriend or not, even if you're dating or not, he's going to be this person within the next 90 days. So just go for it. And I also told her like, so what if you date this person or you're this person's girlfriend for 90 days or six months and it doesn't work out? So what? Like, who's judging you? You know, I just feel like sometimes people put so much pressure on relationships that they don't allow relationships to happen organically. And I am that person. Like, I'm I'm lucky that our relationship has happened. But okay, so you guys, I was very pushy in my relationship with Sydney. Like I I went to him multiple times saying, like, you know, I would like to be in a relationship with you. And each time this man had declined me until Oh, uh, reach. Well, you kind of did. It's a reach. I didn't I wouldn't it wasn't a decline. It was kind of like a I never answered the question. Like I, I just kind of sidestepped that conversation. Because he wanted to continue being a basketball a basketball cuz y'all heard what I was about to say. But I ain't going to say that word on a podcast. Man, this, we, we ain't answering nobody. This our shit. I'm just saying I want to clean it up a little bit. But he wanted to be a basketball whore. And he wanted to continue doing his thing. So when I first initially That's asked him. That's a strong him, word. You wanted to. I wasn't, I, you wanted to what? It wasn't because I wanted to Because you were having different do. girls come to your room every other day. Until one day you decided to wake up and say, you know what? This is unfulfilling. Having girls, different girls in my room every other night is unfulfilling. I'm going to hit up Elvira and Elvira had a situation ship going on and Elvira wanted to play. Oh, that's not what you told me. You told me you was in a relationship. That was the situation. Well, back then situationships were not even no one. The situation ship wasn't even a word back then. But it's not a, a word now. <laughs> it is a word. People say situationships all the time. But it's not a real if word. I knew that if I knew what a situation ship was, I would have said, well, I got a situation ship going on right now. But I didn't. Nonetheless, you guys get back to the story. So when he came around, and all of a sudden he wanted to be with me. I was just like, I'm booked and busy. I'm, I'm working. I have a roommate. I have this going on. I have my own place. You know, I'm booked. I'm busy. I don't have time. She's lying. She just said she had a boyfriend and that was the end of that <laughs> but conversation. But I was just being dramatic, you guys. <laughs> but that's really what I had going on in my life. You know, I did have a roommate. I did have a job. I did have things going on in my life. You know, I did. I was booked and busy. And I didn't have time to be no basketball girlfriend because those basketball girlfriends on campus was something serious because that's when like basketball wives were coming out and these basketball girlfriends, y'all, oh my God. Yeah, they had that little section at the games and stuff. uh, And she would just look over there like, I'm good. (laughs) I'm really good. That just really wasn't me. Like I, growing up, I always knew that I would be a basketball player's wife or, you know, be a rich man's wife. And now that I'm older, and you can interpret that in so many ways, if you, especially if you're wise. But even if I wasn't, you know, he did play basketball. So I am a basketball player's wife, ex-basketball player's wife. Um, nonetheless, you know, this man did not want to be with me. So when he stop did... Stop saying that, bro. That's not... You did not want to not, be in a relationship with me. Said, and stop cutting me off because you're delaying the, the story. Okay. This is my truth. I agree. This is my truth. I, I respect this that. This belongs to me. You speak your truth, sweetheart. Thank you. All of it. Don't do the sweethearts. Yeah. So when you came around, I didn't have time. Then when I had time, he didn't have time. So one day I just manipulated him into being in a relationship with me. (laughs) So before we talk about your blatant manipulation, (laughs) when you you didn't have time for me, was that when, when, I mean, when I didn't have time for you, was that before or after you didn't have time for me? That was before, right? Yeah. You didn't, you didn't have time for me first. Then you came around. I didn't have time for you. Then I came around again and you didn't have time for me. Okay. I just to make sure you want to flip the story, but no. And then the fourth time around, that's when I manipulated you into being in a relationship with me. And we've been happily ever after since psych. So then you guys, when we dig into a relationship, is this on your outline? I'm just curious. Yeah, oh, storytelling. Okay. Oh, okay. Why are you pressed? No, I'm just saying, I just want to make sure we didn't get completely off topic. Like, No, 
you were not completely off topic. I'm going with the flow. Like okay. I just, I just we were talking this. about three. Let me do this. You got it. Post. Thank you. Do your job. <laughs> he just gave me a dirty look and it was very, he was very, he's very irritable with me right now. And I, I, I'm actually I not, don't give a damn. I've, I've learned to let things just I don't give roll a off damn. my back and keep it pushing. Anyway. So even with that, don't going through all of that, because I'm trying to get through a story here and this person is asking me, are we going off topic? But nonetheless, he won't even be quiet long enough to let me continue with the story. For all of y'all that like storytelling, here we go. So when we finally dig into a relationship, what I wish I would have done in the beginning, but I, we were young. See, right now we're 20, I'm 27, you're 29. And this year I'll be 28. So with that being said, I have a newfound knowledge of understanding of what I want as a woman in my relationships. So now that I know that so many women that I do interact with and you're 27 years old or of age 25 and up, this is what I say, or 26 and up more so, you have the upper hand. So dating someone for 90 days or nine days has no validity. And the reason, is that a word? Yeah. Has no validity. It has no validity because you know who you are. You know what you are going to accept. You know what you are going to expect from your man by the age of 26. And some women are still, we're still learning ourselves and some men are still learning themselves. You are forever learning yourself. But one thing that I don't like about being in a relationship and then forcing a relationship with someone is that I didn't allow myself time to figure out what exactly I wanted from my partner, what I wanted from them, what I was able to put up from them. Because if I would have been aware of that part of my life, I don't know if we would be in a relationship today. So it's like a bittersweet situation for us. But this type of relationship that I have with Sid does not happen for everyone. So there are people who are in relationships who they did not set their foundation. They did not set what they want or expect in their relationship. And now they're dealing with BS and the person is not even willing to change, grow or do anything. And I just feel like if you're dating someone and someone wants to be with you, let them know what you expect. Get to know them. Ask them the deep, dark questions. Not the cliche stuff, you guys. What are your goals? What do you want? No, ask them the real questions. Do you want to have children? If you do want to have children, how many children are you going to, do you want to have? Do you see yourself getting married? How old do you expect yourself to be married? You know, what was your relationship with, with your parents growing up? How was your home dynamic? You know, these are really important questions, y'all. Because when you get into a relationship with somebody, the way that person was raised and how that person interacted within their home is exactly what they're going to bring into your home when you share a home with them. And I'm not just saying that for Sid. I'm saying that for me too. Because just like Sid told y'all in the beginning of the podcast, I am very, very observant. When someone tells me something about myself, I try to change it immediately or I try to correct it. You want to know why? Because I grew up with a father that will always be like, do this, do that. No, sit up straight, do this. Like always critiquing me. Like it or not, dad, if you listen to this podcast, it's the truth. It's my truth. And, you know, so when people say things about me, I, or say things to me, I'm very eager to correct the habit. So I just feel like standing your truth. It don't take 90 days to know if you want to be with a person. It takes just your heart. And I feel like people should follow their heart. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I already said that. You got you to gotta let that lead I you. I mean, you've been cutting me off the whole time. So I thought you may have wanted something else to say since you've been talking tonight. No, I'm just being a, a more respectful co-host. But I'm going to still get my points in where they fit in. I, I ain't really got too much to add on that. That's true. Facts. That's my boy Brandon would say. Facts. Straight up facts. What up, Brandon? Anyway, though, within that, I did discover that the person that they met in the beginning is who they will always be. Do you believe in it? Do you? Because I don't believe that. Because I believe people are always open to change. But then there are some people in this world where, as my Uncle Jerry would say, a leopard never changes its spots. 
So with that being said, you know, there are situations where who this person was in the beginning, they would be within in the end. But then there's also cases where who this person is now, they may have the mental capacity in the open heart and loving heart to grow and be better. And I feel like that is something so important. Like not every relationship has that. Yeah, I, I agree and disagree. I feel like people do change at some point for the, for the majority of people. They do evolve. For some people, it might be too late. It might be on their deathbed when they come to that realization. For some people, you know, like you, you want to change immediately and evolve immediately. For some people, maybe a longer process. For some people, it may be short. But the dynamic of a relationship, one of the people involved in the relationship might not be around to see that person change or whatever. Like you leaving that person or a person leaving you might be what prompts the change. They mm-hmm. might not be there to observe it and, and benefit from it. But I feel like for the most part, you know, any person that has a just a desire or they don't want to be in the same place in their life forever, they will evolve at some point. And it may be a slow, long process or it could be a quick, short process. But I, I do believe that time eventually comes. It just may not be, you know, it may become with a, a different in a different relationship or with a different spouse or in a different time in their lives. But I think it does happen. OK, so let's not be let's let's take off the deep aspect of it. If I went into this relationship and you are cheap, you going to always be cheap. I don't think so. I don't think so. What would be the deciding fa- factor in that? I mean, you might meet somebody at 21 and they cheat because the only way they're going to make ends meet is to be cheap. OK, OK, let me let me. OK, because you about to get deep again. No, I'm not. So, yeah, you saying. OK, so you saying I cut you off. So I'm gonna let you finish saying what you saying. I don't think that's I don't think that's super deep. I know. I just think that's like human nature. Like, just think of like the evolution of everything that ever existed on Earth. I don't. I mean, I'm not sure how. Okay, true. so okay, because you're going deep. Again. <laughs> what I'm saying is, if you gonna be cheap with twenty dollars, you gonna be cheap with two hundred thousand dollars. If you gonna be cheap with two hundred thousand dollars, you gonna be cheap with two million dollars. Is my point. Like, uh, cer- there are certain characteristic traits that people are not going to change. If I went into this marriage or went into this relationship and you were selfish. You're going to continue to be selfish, like you. I, 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 I definitely disagree with that, because that's that's part of my truth. Yeah, can, you are self. You are selfish. And and am I less selfish than than what I used to be? Yeah, you are very less selfish. Okay, and less I, selfish. Yeah, like, not not selfish. You mean unselfish? Unselfish. That, yeah, <laughs> let me help you out there. Unselfish. unselfish, undone. But I guarantee you, when I'm 35, what you're saying now is not what you're gonna be saying then. Well, by the time you're 35, you will have children. So once you be once you have children, most people who when they have children, they become unselfish because they realize it's no longer about them. Okay, and that's evolution. That's, that is that's evolution. But I'm just saying there but I'm not discrediting your point. You're trying to discredit mine. I'm not discrediting yes, your you point. Are. You're trying to say that I, what I'm saying is untrue because the evolution of things, but what I point that I'm making is that there are and like I said before I say it again, you guys, because I know you guys heard me, there are some S O Okay, I'll give you a small percentage. There are some. See, that's why when the DNA test says 99.9%, it's still that per Small 1%. Percent. Is it not 1%? It's that 0.01% that gives the opportunity of error. So you're telling me there's a chance. Exactly. <laughs> there's a small chance that certain characteristic traits, traits, you cannot, there's no evolution in them. So to bring that back to the forefront of the conversation is that there are there will be situations in your relationship where you realize, wow, this is really who this person is. Like, okay, I'm not gonna talk about you. Please don't. I, I'm just trying to think about something that I do. I'm just gonna use you for example, sorry. But Sid is gonna be clumsy, okay? That's just who he is. 
I went into this relationship knowing that he's clumsy. Did you really know that though? Not really. I really did not mm. know, know how clumsy you were mm -hmm. and forgetful you are until I moved in with you. And I was like, okay, this is different. And then I met his dad and I said, oh, it makes sense. I'm normal. <laughs> no, you're not normal. You take after your father. Nonetheless, that's his personality trait. And as much as I have tried to bring it to the forefront of his mind to be more observant of that personality trait, that has yet to change. So I say that to say, if you go into your relationship or if you go into any situationship and you lay your cards on the table, now, let me finish my thought. You lay your cards on the table and you let this person know, you know, this is what is expected. This is what is not expected. What is expected of you from me? You know, what do you want from me? What do you expect from me? You know, it's a two way, it's a two way door with the conversation. I feel like you will have a lot of success. What I was going to say, but I did not want to cut myself off to interject a thought that came up, but I don't want people to, especially women, I don't want you to go to the, to the table with a notepad full of things that you expect from your man, because men are not like women. We, men may have in his mind, you know, I want a woman that respects me, loves me, cleans the home, makes my house a home, make me feel loved, make my family feel welcome be a great mother to my kids. Those are just normal things that many women just automatically have. Now, there is a percentage of women in this world who don't have that. Um, but nonetheless, men don't necessarily go to the table with a long list of what they want from their spouse or that woman. Where women, we go to the table and we have a long checklist of you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, and you got to do that. And it turns a man off. But if there's small little things, like you can start off super general and then as you're getting to know the person, become very specific into what you want from that person and then allow it to flow and blossom into a garden full of tulips instead of a windowsill full of succulents. You know, that's what I think. I mean, that's a lot of truth in that. I think sometimes it's frustrating because like she, she said, is a lot of the expectations of, of a man for a woman, she's kind of born with. They're, they're, they're more innate. They're just more in touch with that aspect of life. From a male perspective, I think it can be overwhelming for a man to meet the expectations of a woman, especially if you growing up. For me, for example, I had a dad who led, who led by example, but I never really had conversations with my mother or my father about, OK, this is what you need to do to be a man and provide and build a home. So you kind of learn those things as you go. I mean, of course, you have your, your innate primal attributes like sexual organs and testosterone and things like that, which can help fuel those actions. But to be able to channel that in a productive way, especially with that black community, those conversations aren't had enough. And sometimes I think it's unfair for women because, you know, they have to pick up that slack. They have to turn that young man or boy into a, a full blown man who's ready to be a father, a husband and a provider and a protector. So it's interesting, I would definitely say. And it, it hasn't always been easy in my relationship. That's why I can speak on it. But from a general standpoint, um, if you lay those things out and have those conversations early, you know, you won't be five, six years in a relationship just now really dealing with the brunt of the issue you will have, will have addressed it and at least have some perspective on how to get there early on. Absolutely. Look at you. Um, that was positive energy, y'all. I think I've done that on a few episodes before, but that was a really good point of view. And that's something that you can definitely build on and make a reality. And I say that because there are some women that are born with that, but it's not easy. It's not easy because as a woman, we have 1,000 things on our mind. We're thinking about A, B, C, all the way to Z, then we're going to bring it back to double A, double B, double C, double D. We're going to bring it back to triple A, triple B, triple C. You know, that's how, that's how our brains work. And with that being said, it's a gift and a curse because when you are, when you are a woman, 
it is very easy for you to tap into intuition. You know, that feminine energy is just, you know, it doesn't look dormant in us. You know, there are some women in this world, though, who have a very dormant feminine energy. And a lot of men have very dormant feminine energy. And once they're able to tap into that feminine energy, you realize that you're actually both. You just have the sexual organs of one entity or whatever you want to consider. I know that kind of got deep and went over some people's heads, but we all have the masculine and feminine energy. And I think that for a woman, I think that we're so focused on our feminine energy a lot of times that we forget to focus to bridge over the masculine energy and become assertive. And then I also feel like there are women who have too much masculine energy and you need to soften up. You need to soften up. You need to be a little bit more softer. Who going to the relationships being masculine as hell with their men and then expecting I just don't get it. You know, I really just don't get it. I'm going to leave that there because that's a topic that's not on my list. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you because it came up in my thoughts, you know, what makes you happy in your relationship with me? Support. Support for what I really want to do mm-hmm. and the, the vision and the, the manifestations and the goals and the dreams that I have come to know to be true for me. You're very supportive and non-judgmental, and kind of I've been all over the place trying to figure those things out. And you've always, no matter what it is, you've supported. And it just gives, gives me the encouragement to really actually navigate and, and, and really dive deep into those things that I want to do and not having to feel judged. That's the first thing. Second thing is you see something in me that I don't see in myself sometimes, which allows me to never get, stay dormant or not have that voice in my ear saying, if you just focus on this, you become this person or you can have the world at your fingertips. I know I see you as a king and I see you as a a dominant male figure. So I never lose sight of that. That's always in the forefront of my mind. And I, and I continue to to want to achieve those things. So I would say that's the second thing. Yeah, I, I would say those are the, the main things that stand out. You know, nothing else is really popping into the forefront of my mind. So those are probably the two most prevalent things that, that make me happy in my relationship. What makes me happy in a relationship is the small things such as appreciation. You know, just appreciating me for the things that I do every day. And I know it's like, well, those are the things that you're supposed to do. Like people say, like, I'm a good father. I'm a good mother to my kids. Like, of course, that's what you're, that's the expectation. Oh, I pay my bills on time. You know, duh, you're an adult. That's what you're supposed to do. But to be appreciated, you know, just within your, your home or by your spouse, by the little things that you do or the things that you do for them really makes me feel good. So those are, that's one thing that makes me happy in my relationship. And I also love, like I love luxury and I love things. I, I'm not in love with things and I'm not in love with luxury, but those things do make me happy. So luxury things to me, and it may come off as materialistic, but I don't care. That's a part of me. And I don't care who judges me. I don't care who has something negative to say about who I am, but I do love luxury and it does make me happy. Things like luxury buying me things. We're not millionaires. We're not thousandaires. You know, we're not a thousandaire as Brown would say from Medea, Medea. but flowers you know i do love flowers you know and sid knows this i would buy myself flowers i would in the past we had our place i would go to trader joe's i would buy us flowers i love the way it makes the home decor look i love the vibe that they bring that that sense of luxury is what makes me feel good a clean bathroom just walking into a room and it's, it's clean and it's pristine and everything is in its rightful place like yo i'm not perfect i'm not super organized but when i walk into a place and it's like organized and super clean and Everything is just like crisp. I love that. It makes me super happy. So that's something that I do value in my relationship. And it makes me happy. It's just luxury. Like I really do like a gift, you know, or a gift card. Like if it's $5 off to freaking Publix, 
I'm happy. Why? Because this person bought me this gift card that's $5. And when I go pick up dinner, that's $5 off, you know, or a gift card to Sephora or Ulta. You know, I just like things. I do like things. I, I like things. I like things. I like things. I like things. I'm not addicted to them. I'm not in love with things, but I do enjoy things. And I think a lot of women do. And it sucks that a lot of women don't identify those things. Another thing that makes me happy is seeing you happy. That really makes me happy when I can do something for you or I can put a smile on your face or I can make you laugh. That makes me happy. Seeing you smile or being happy with me or being impressed by me or, you know, just giving me good vibes makes me happy. And when I can make you happy, that makes me happy. And that's something that I like to do. That's why I love to be goofy with people that I'm around. I love to see people laugh, especially if they're laughing at me. And I love when I can put a smile on people's faces and I can give them positive vibes and give them loving energy. So that's what makes me happy in relationships. You've thought about this. I wrote the question down. <laughs> but nonetheless, I mean, if you would have asked me, those are the things that makes me happy. Like, those are realistic things. Yeah, they are realistic. Uh, I definitely agree. Anything you want to add to that? No. No? So you're just going to stick with your two answers? Yes. Okay, that's cool. Well... You guys, I hope you enjoyed this show. This is a beautiful show. And I, if you're listening on SoundCloud, hit the heart or tap the heart or click the heart, you know, whatever it is that you do on your device that you're using to listen to the podcast. If you are listening to us on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. Hit us up on Instagram at Open Combo Podcast and leave us a comment on today's post and let us know what you think of today's show and what you thought of the new format, the new conversation, how we're engaging. You know, just give us some really good feedback, positive feedback. All right, you guys, I'm going to leave this show off on a new segment, which is Black Love Is. And if you have any suggestions for our Black Love Is segment of the show, is which we will close out the show. And if you give us a good Black Love Is quote, we will shot you out and, you know, just leave the handle for whatever social media account you would like for people to follow you on or check you out on. But today, our Black Love quote will be coming from me, myself and I which is black love is important. We have to start showing the importance of black love because we have to change the narrative. We have to change the narrative and it starts within our communities and with our own communications within ourselves and amongst others. I feel like more people need to see successful black people loving each other, kissing each other and doing great things with each other. So with that being said, black love is important. You guys should follow us on Instagram, which is Open Combo Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, which is Open Combo Pod, which is only P-O-D. And then also on Facebook, which is Open Combo Podcast. Now, if you want to follow myself and Sydney, you all you have to do, or should I say, if you want to follow Sydney and I for all the proper American people on this podcast listening, you can go ahead and head into the footnotes of the show. We have all our social media handles down there. Mine's is very simple. Sid is simple too, but yes, it's a little different everywhere else. But nonetheless, we are so glad you guys enjoyed this show. Thank you for listening to us. Make sure you share us with a friend and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. I'll let you next week and we got a surprise for you. Peace. <laughs>